as you get settled in, feel free to grab a Bible and you can turn to Proverbs chapter 3. If you have a Bible, there might be a Bible in the underneath your chair, underneath the chair in front of you, but feel free as you get settled in, some of you make your way back to your seats. Proverbs chapter 3. We're wrapping up Proverbs. I think we did, Jeff did maybe a six or seven week um, series in Proverbs. Jeff's in Dallas right now. His brother Pete is being installed at Park City's Presbyterian in Dallas, and so he is there to support him and uh, be with him for that. Uh, we're wrapping up Proverbs. We've done six, seven weeks, something like that in Proverbs, and so today we're going to uh, kind of wrap it up, and what I want to do today is really summarize the book. Okay, I want to use the text we're going to use, I think is a, an amazing text that summarizes the whole message of Proverbs. And I think as we summarize Proverbs, as we look at the main, by summary, I mean main point. What's the point of Proverbs? What is Proverbs trying to say to you? Um, as we do that, I think it's going to set us all up to read Proverbs for the rest of our lives, to have an anchor point as we read through the book of Proverbs to know this is ultimately what it's about. This is ultimately the big picture uh, context. Let me pray, and then we will get to it. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. We are dependent on your word, not merely as information, but as our very sustenance, that man doesn't live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so speak to us, and, and may we be nourished and fed and strengthened as we hear you. God, help us be still and know that you are God. Help us listen. We think often we need to keep talking, keep doing, and we are restless. Help us rest and find rest in your word as you speak. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I had a whole intro planned that, um, that is, got, just got replaced by my day yesterday. Uh, so yesterday... Uh, I, I took three trips to the urgent care. Yes. I know some of you had a worse day than me, okay? I get it. Um, I really do. It all ended fine. Three trips to the urgent care, okay? The third one, there was a gap between the second and third one because I had to go to the bank and take out a reverse mortgage on my house <laughs> to pay for it all. Um, and so I was late to the third appointment, um, which, by the way, I'm going to start creating a ledger, some kind of book, that when my kids come of age, I'm going to go, hey, these are all of the times you got sick on the weekend, and I will be docking your pay for all of the Saturday, Sunday. Have, have any of you parents ever noticed that, that it's like Monday through Friday when the doctor's open, they're fine, you know? And then it's like 5.01. They're like, hey, everything hurts. Everything's wrong, you know? Can we go to the doctor? It's like, well, he's not there right now. Okay. Three trips to the yard. We had a great day. Took the boys to Baylor, scootered around. It was awesome. Surprised them with bowling, to which they had an underwhelming response to, as always, to my surprises. We bowled. It was awesome. They were tired. That was great. We go home. And Glenn, who is prone to ear infections, walks up just going, Ah, oh, my ears hurt, you know. And he's just all of a sudden miserable. So we go to the urgent care and just give them everything to my name. And, uh, and we see them, they test him, he's sick, okay? He's got strep, which by the way, kids have no problem with COVID. They're like, what COVID? When strep comes around, they're all done. They're all done, okay? Uh, 
So then I go, okay, so now I'm going to go home and get his twin brother. Take him back. Let's test him. Sure enough, also got sniped um, by the strep. Then we go home. Oh, and by the way, the nurse practitioner who saw us, um, because for some reason when I go to the doctor, often I don't see doctors. I don't know if y'all are experiencing this, but this is a normal thing for me. Uh, he says, oh, Glenn's ears look fine. I'm like, oh, that's weird because he points at them and says they hurt really bad. We go home, we lay him down to bed, two trips to the urgent care, we're good. Great end to the day. Um, put Glenn to bed and he just starts freaking out, inconsolable for the next hour, which he's usually not like. We have accidentally overdosed him with ibuprofen. We'll get into that at another time. Uh, so now I'm worried about his liver. We've accidentally overdosed him on that. He's pumped full of Tylenol. It's like inconsolable, okay? And that's a, you just, you guys, you've seen your kids in that situation and it just, it, you feel helpless. Like what is going on, you know? Um, so I'm like, oh, let's go to the ER. We get to the ER, I unbuckle him and I get him out of the car, which is just an exhausting feat in itself get him out of the car. And I'm like, why am I at the ER? This is literally, they're going to take my front door. They're going to be like, do you have anything at your house we can have to pay for this? So I'm like, I think I should go to the urgent care. That's maybe cheaper. I don't know. But so I'm like, hey, let's get back in the car, Glenn. So we get back in the car and we drive over to the urgent care. By the way, the one I've never had a good experience at that will remain nameless. So I go to that urgent care. We check him in. Sure enough. So Glenn, this is his second deal at the urgent care. He's loving this. By the way, if you say, do you want to go to the hospital? It's going to cost me thousands. Your kid will be like, absolutely, you know. Um, do you want to go bowling or go see the doctor? They're like, the doctor, for sure, you know. So we're like, go in. And the doctor looks at his ears. He's inconsolable. Looks at his ears. Sure enough, he's like, yeah, this one is about to burst. Like, he's like, this one's probably going to burst and start draining or whatever over the weekend. He's like, it'll be really bad pain. Um, but then, like, it'll feel good, whatever. So like, we're going to give him just tons of stuff steroid, numb his ears, give him Motrin, which by the way, I learned this. I'm like, Motrin is ibuprofen. Okay? So remember, remember, I thought it was acetaminophen. Okay? I know I sound like a doctor right now. Um, it's not. It's ibuprofen. Okay? So they give him Motrin, which why call it by the brand name? You're, you're a nurse, at least. You're a doctor. I don't know what you are. We're going to give him Motrin. Call it ibuprofen, okay, for the experts to be able to identify with. So they give him Motrin. I come home like, hey, they give him Motrin. We've already had the conversation that we've overdosed him on ibuprofen. And Brennan's like, Motrin's ibuprofen. I'm like, okay, so, all right. This is like 10 at night. Y'all, this is 10 at night, okay? I have a deacon meeting in the morning at 8 that I did not go to, okay? Uh, Gosh, where are we at in the story? So why am I telling you this? Here's why I'm telling you this. My kids are having a way worse time than me. I'm not sick, okay? I don't mean to be self-centered, but my corrupt heart. So I'm just having a bad night, okay? I'm having a bad night. I put my kids to bed. You know, I have no kids for the night. That's healing and refreshment for me after they're in bed. But of course, that's all ruined and so as we're driving home at night with Glenn, as I'm driving home at like 11 or, or whenever it was, uh, three trips to the urgent care, I am saying to myself and quoting the verses we're going to look at this morning. And 
the reason I say that is because that might sound odd. I'm having just a horrible night. I'm, I feel helpless with my kids, who's inconsolable, pain, just, just excruciating pain. Why would I be quoting Proverbs? I mean, doesn't Proverbs help me like know how to answer a fool? Why would I be quoting Proverbs when I feel exhausted, frustrated, helpless, feel terrible for my son? Why am I running through my brain and my heart the verses we're going to look at this morning if it's from Proverbs? That just sounds odd. But the reason I say that is because Proverbs is just the message of Proverbs I think we just get all wrong. We just get it all wrong. In that moment, my boys and I needed a sense of healing, a sense of refreshment, a sense of life. And as I say that, you wouldn't think, oh yeah, Proverbs probably has verses for you to meditate on to get there. But it did. In fact, the very verses we're going to look at this morning, the text we're going to look at this morning, that I believe rightly summarizes the entire book, was exactly what I needed last night when I'm just like, God, I need some life. I need some grace. I need some mercy. I need some peace. I need some security in you. The end of our text, as we're about to read together, says that it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. And it, well, the question is, what is it? I think we're going to find that it, whatever it is that is healing and refreshment, ultimately life to you, is the very calling of the entire book. So let's get into it. Would you stand with me for the reading of God's word? This is Proverbs 3, chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Proverbs, the book of Proverbs tells us, and this text tells us how to find healing and refreshment. Ultimately, we could say it like this. this is how the book would say it. If you read it front to back, it will bring life to you. And it starts in a very surprising place. Look at verse five, where the text starts. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord. We often think Proverbs, we often think Proverbs is an action book, right? We go to Proverbs for the nitty gritty details of how to act how to make decisions, to tell us what to do, wise decisions to help us figure out uh, difficult uh, situations. You have never said, probably, if you're like me, you've never said, man, I really need to grow in my trust in God. I bet, I'll, I bet Proverbs will help me. You've probably never thought that. Maybe Matthew, maybe Genesis. I need to grow in my trust. You've probably never said, so I'm gonna crack open Proverbs. We think Proverbs is this action book. You've probably thought, man, I need help. I need wisdom to make decisions, to act. Proverbs will probably help me. And furthermore, we often think, think Proverbs is a very heady book. It's mainly just dealing with our intellect. You know, give us, give us the right information and even some like mysterious skill to apply it in different scenarios. Um, that's what Proverbs is about. And yet here, the text says what? Trust in the Lord. That doesn't sound very like actionable, you know. And then it says, furthermore, with all your 
heart. With all your heart. Again, we oftentimes go to Proverbs to gain information, to grow in the skill of applying that information in in different situations. And that's kind of what we go, that's wisdom. That's like the wise life. I need the right information in my brain, and then I need the ability to kind of apply it in sticky situations or weird situations. Do I answer the fool? Do I not answer the fool? What do I do here? Proverbs will help me. Um, And yet it surprises us here. The book surprises us and says, do you want to be wise? Do you want to live a wise life? Do you want to thrive in life, human flourishing, as we'll often say here at Redeemer? Then this is what This is what the book asks us. Who do you trust with your heart? Do you want to be wise? Okay, who do you trust with all your heart? Uh, We have to talk not centrally about actions, but trust when it comes to the message of Proverbs. Not centrally about our intellect, but our heart when it comes to the book of Proverbs. Referring to wise sayings later in the book, in chapter 22, it says this. Referring to wise sayings, says, I give you these wise sayings, quote, that your trust may be in the Lord. I've made them known to you today, even to you. That your trust may be in the Lord, I've given you these wise sayings. Isn't that interesting? Not just that you can make a good financial decision and not end up broke. I have given you this message so that you will trust in God. So interesting, so surprising. Option one is this. There are two options in life. Trust in the Lord, that's option one. Trust in the Lord, or option two. There's only two options, and it's the rest of the verse. It goes like this. And do not lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. There is only one option outside of living a life trusting God. There's only one option. And it is leaning on, resting on, relying on yourself. That's your only other option. There's only two before us. There are two ways to live in life. As an outward person, looking outward to God with your trust, that's option one. Or there's option two, uh, living inward with a heart that is resting on itself. This is actually kind of funny if you think about this, where it says you can either trust the Lord or you can lean on your own understanding. Think about what that is saying. It is saying a heart that looks at itself and says, yeah, I trust me. You're trustworthy. You're wise. You have understanding. So I just, I trust me. Those are your two options. And Proverbs says that the way of I trust me, I lean on my own understanding is the way of decay and death not refreshment, not healing. How do we get healing? How do we get refreshment? How do we get life? That's what Proverbs wants for you. Proverbs is a book about life and death. How do you get life? The text says right from the get-go, by trusting in the Lord. Trusting in the Lord is life. Trusting in the Lord is the path of life. And this trust is not some pie in the sky kind of this, this odd, detached, blind faith or blind trust that doesn't take into account the complexities of life. Look at the next verse in verse six. It says this, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Proverbs knows and understands the complexities of life. It knows and understands the, the, the countless ways in which you walk. 
the countless ways that are presented before you. It knows uh, how often our ways are scary, uncertain, difficult. Trips, you know, your third trip back home from the urgent care at 11. I know some of you are like, dude, that's not late. That's late for me, okay? Um, it knows, it knows, it knows that you might be thinking, I don't know which way my career should go. I don't know which way my parenting should go. I don't know which way my financing should go. I don't know which way my marriage is going. I don't know which way to go with my boyfriend or my girlfriend. Should we get married? Should we not get married? It knows that. It knows that you have all of these ways in which you walk. And sometimes it even speaks directly to them. As we know, it gets hyper-specific sometimes. But the primary concern of the book of Proverbs, as our text shows here in summary form, is that in all of your ways, whatever your ways are, that you know who is king, that you know who is Lord of your way, that you know who is God, that you know who is Savior, and that you acknowledge him and that you know him and that you walk with him. That's the primary concern, that you know who the wise one is in all of your ways, that you know who is Savior. Here's the key. Notice this. Notice the text doesn't say, become wise to the point that you no longer need to acknowledge God in your ways. I mean, this is, I think this is kind of, I don't know if ironic is the right word, but I think sometimes even as Christians, we go to the book of Proverbs to accidentally detach ourselves from dependence on God. Like I can go to Proverbs and if I can memorize all of Proverbs and understand all of the answer the fool, don't answer the fool, and I can figure all that stuff out, then perhaps I don't need to acknowledge God anymore in my ways because now I'm the wise one. But the text doesn't say that. The text doesn't say Proverbs is gonna push you to self-reliance and independence if you can just become super wise. The text says in all of your ways, trust him, lean on him, be dependent on him and acknowledge him. The wise life is dependence on God, and then and only then, when in all of our ways, when we are dependent on him, trusting him, looking to him, who makes the path straight? He does. He does. It's not, oh, I know exactly how to make this path straight. No, the text says he'll make it straight. He will make straight your paths. This doesn't mean none of this, this is not a pie-in-the-sky trust, and it's not a forsaking of knowledge. It's not, oh, I don't need to be an expert in finances anymore because I'll just trust God and I bet I'll retire one day. It's not a forsaking of knowledge or expertise. Of all books, Proverbs supports expertise in all sorts of areas. But it is saying, be an expert who is relying on God. Be wise in reliance on God. Not wise and, and an expert to the point of, oh, I no longer need God, right? Live an outward-facing life of trust and reliance. This main point right here, this main point of trusting in the Lord is made even more clear when it's put in the negative. Look at verse seven. Be not wise in your own eyes. If you read through the book of Proverbs front to back, there are a few things that are repeated. There are themes that are repeated, but there are very few uh, specific verses that are repeated verbatim, okay? One of them is is what verse seven here, be not wise in your own eyes, gets to. There's a verse that's repeated verbatim or almost verbatim three or four times, and it goes like this. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. 
That's in chapter 14, chapter 16, chapter 21. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. Chapter 12, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. In other words, again and again and again, sometimes verbatim, Proverbs is saying what verse 7 said. Be not wise in your own eyes. This is the core problem of Proverbs, by the way. The core problem that Proverbs is addressing in our human condition is that we trust ourselves. We look in the mirror and we go, you are trustworthy. I will lean on you. I will rest on you. I will rely on you. And Proverbs again and again says that in doing that, we deceive ourselves. And the ultimate problem with that is that Proverbs again and again says that in doing that, we kill ourselves. Again and again, this is, this, is, this is how Proverbs puts it, that in trusting ourselves and relying on ourselves, we are, we are like this, quote, we are like an ox that goes to the slaughter. He does not know that it will cost him his life. That's what Proverbs, front to back, front to back, the fool is fat and happy as he walks to the slaughter. Proverbs is a book of life and death. In our text, we could say it like this. It's a book of refreshment and healing or death. That's what Proverbs is all about. Be not wise in your own eyes. Don't look in the mirror and go, I am trustworthy. I'll lean on my own understanding. So what's the opposite of that? Understanding everything we now know that we have covered so far, we are in a much better position to understand what most people remember from the book of Proverbs, which is this next part. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Most of us know Proverbs. What's Proverbs about? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the beginning of knowledge. It says it over and over again. And sometimes it's the hardest verse to understand. What is the fear of the Lord? Am I supposed to be afraid of him? What does it mean to fear the Lord? When you look at Proverbs beginning to end, and you look at our text specifically, and you go, how do I define what the fear of the Lord is and what Proverbs is calling me to? It is calling us to know God in such a way that we will entrust to him every aspect of our lives. It is to know God's goodness, his grace, his greatness, his power in such a way that the result is that we entrust to him everything. Think about this. Would it, glorify, would it glorify a king if a faction of his people said, we don't trust him, we're seeking to overthrow him? We don't trust him. We don't fear him. Or would it glorify a king when a people say, he is so good, he is so great, he is so grand, he is so powerful, I have given him everything. I am relying on him not just for my daily bread, as the Lord's Prayer says. I have entrusted to him my eternity. You see, when it comes to my very death, I am trusting him with that. When it comes to life after my death, I am trusting him with that. Not myself and not anyone else. I fear him. In other words, Option one, trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your, on, on your own understanding. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Don't fear yourself. Don't fear your own heart. 
to not fear him, to fear yourself, to trust yourself is the path of evil. So it says, fear the Lord and turn from evil. Left to ourselves, our hearts beat for evil, not good. That's the only other option. Our paths are crooked. We make them crooked. We choose crooked paths. Option two, being wise in your own eyes, resting on yourself, leaning on yourself is the way of evil. It's the way of decay of your flesh. It's the way of your bones wasting away. It's the way of death, Proverbs says again and again and again. So you have two options, trust in the Lord, excuse me, trust in yourself or fear the Lord. Trust yourself or fear the Lord. Look in the mirror and say, you're my savior or look at God and say, God is the trustworthy one. Trust in the Lord, don't lean on your own understanding. Fear the Lord, don't be wise in your own eyes. That's the beginning of wisdom, and that's the beginning of a wise life. Proverbs is a book about life and death, and it says that the consequences of foolishness are far worse than sometimes we think. I think sometimes we go to Proverbs thinking the consequence of being a fool is maybe I won't be in in a, a great financial situation. Maybe if I don't make the right choice and I don't apply this Proverbs and proverb in this situation, maybe my marriage will go through a, a rocky place. And that definitely could be true, but the concern of Proverbs is much bigger than that. The concern of Proverbs is that we deceive ourselves in a far worse manner than just maybe in the area of finances. We deceive ourselves in a way that leads to death, ultimate, final death. Here's the extent to which we deceive ourselves. This is Proverbs 30, verse 12. There are those who are, who are clean in their own eyes, but they are not washed of their filth. What's the extent to which we deceive ourselves? There are those who are clean in their own eyes, but they are filthy. They are dirty. It's not just that we think we know how to make the best decision in business here or the best decision in parenting there. The problem is that we are so self-deceived, left to ourselves, that we will stand before God himself and say, I have clean hands. I've done it. I've saved myself. I've cleaned myself. That's the extent of our self-deception. We will deceive ourselves to believe that we are welcome and deserving of the very presence of God because we are clean. We are clean. And it's only when God's word and his law sinks in, sometimes reading Proverbs itself, it's only when the law of God sinks in and reveals who we really are to ourselves that we realize, oh, oh no, I'm the fool. I'm guilty of foolishness. I'm guilty of walking crooked paths, creating crooked paths. I'm guilty of evil. I'm guilty of not fearing God at all. I'm guilty of treating myself like I'm God. I'm the fool. I am foolish, and I'm guilty of foolishness. I'm guilty of walking the path of death. Only when God's word sinks in, his law sinks in, do we realize that. But here's the good news. Only when that sinks in to some degree do we then see that Jesus came for fools. That the wise one came for the foolish. He didn't come for wise people because there's not any. The wise one didn't come to say, let me gather up all the wise and the righteous. There'd be no one to gather. 
he said, what did he say? Let me come, I've come for the sick. In the language of Proverbs, I've come for the fool. I've come for the foolish. I've, I've come for the ones who looked in the mirror and said, I trust me. I don't need God. Those are the ones I came for, the sinners, the dirty. So when God's word sinks in and his law sinks in and you realize I'm dirty, I've been self-deceiving myself, I am filthy with sin, you're now in a position to hear the good news that Jesus came for fools and that on the cross, the wise one, the wisdom of God on the cross became sin. He became foolishness. He became the fool. He became the one who was walking on the path of death in rebellion against God. He became that in your place. He who knew no sin, the Bible says, became sin for us to pay the price for our sin, to die the death that Proverbs is warning us of, to die that death so that you don't have to, so that I don't have to, so that as Jesus says, though you die, you live and you will live. He is the trustworthy one. That's what Proverbs is saying front to back. He is the trustworthy one. Trust him. He is the one to be feared. Fear him. In other words, entrust to him your entire life. He's trustworthy. Entrust to him your entire eternity. He's trustworthy. Amen. Let's pray.